Welcome to Resources for the Road, a podcast by Next Trucking, where we try to provide fleets with tools and knowledge to help them keep the wheels turning. As our namesake suggests, we craft each episode for you and your life on the road by tapping thought leaders from companies across the globe. We deliver best practices and useful tips that accelerate growth for owner operators and small fleets alike. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a podcast brought to you by Next Trucking. I'm your host, Gabrielle, and I am so thrilled to be joined today by Paul Gupis, who is the CEO of Zeem Solutions. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast today, Paul, and welcome. Great. Thanks for having me, Gabrielle. Look forward to it. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and start off with a little easier question, which is just tell us a little bit about yourself and Zeem. So my name is Paul Gupis. I'm the founder and CEO of Zeem Solutions. Um, in my prior life, I was uh, an investment banker and private equity investor, uh, covered all different industries, including the electric vehicle industry about 20 years ago. Um, I started investing in a trucking company uh, that was very, very early entrant and got to understand the trucking industry very, very well from the EV side. And then also got uh, my chops in uh, being involved in the fleet side and understanding how fleet operators work. We then about five years ago started the company uh, focused on what we call e-fleet as a service, which involves the vehicle charging infrastructure, uh, overnight parking service and maintenance for one monthly bundled price. We started focusing on areas that we knew were going to have high concentrations of electric trucks that would run routes between 150 or 200 miles or less. So we started focusing on airports, ports, and distribution centers. We have our uh, first locations here uh, near LAX in California, where we can house 220 trucks overnight, got about 80 vehicles in our fleet, and uh, have been up and running since December. Wow, you have got quite the background, and it gives you just that unique perspective, I'm sure, to trucking and the industry as a whole. And you know what, I wanted to discuss the use cases of EVs. Um, it's more specifically, wouldn't it require just a super big battery to haul goods across the U.S.? Definitely across the United States, for sure. You know, the battery electric uh, solution is not for over the road. You know, really, you need a limited route to be able to do that. It needs to be a fixed or variable route that doesn't operate more than 200 miles a day. And I think that that's the real application for battery electric. Once we start going to longer ranges, I think there's other technology that's going to need to take us there, like hydrogen and, and other technology. And, you know, how does drayage fit into all of this? Does it play a part? The dray industry is really interesting in that, you know, uh, obviously over the last couple of years since COVID, there's been a tremendous amount of traffic at all the ports. Um, so what's happening is they're trying to get product in, they're trying to get product out. All that needs to be moved by Class 8 and, and uh, heavier equipment trucks. So what's happened is the drayage industry is pulling equipment from the port and moving it to some sort of a central location or to its final destination if it's nearby. That drayage operation, they're typically running anywhere between 150 to 200 miles per day on a full route. So that really fits well into battery electric trucks. Today, we are limited to you know anywhere between sort of 110 miles, and some have claims upwards of 350 miles of range. So it's important to stay within that sweet spot in operations, and drayage seems to take a lot of those boxes. For sure. And, you know, I want to follow up with that, um, because why are ports you know, trying so hard to decarbonize? It's really the most heavily uh, polluted areas in the United States. You know, for us, Class 8 operations started around Newark, New Jersey, 
where we uh, had a partnership or have a partnership with a company called Orsted, which is a large wind company um, that's doing uh, offshore wind contracts throughout the United States. That was the first time we really put a strong focus around class eight battery electric, just knowing that the ranges weren't there, uh, batteries were too heavy, taking away payload. So it really wasn't a practical application. So what happened is me not being a trucker or understanding drayage operations got involved with a number of different operators who that's all they do. They're dedicated drayage operators and really understanding the application got me to understand that this is perfect for a battery electric operation. Um, these are doing short hauls. These are you know going from the port to a very centralized location on a daily basis and almost for you know years, three to five year contracts uh, or more. So I think that's a really practical application for battery electric, which drew us um, to concentrate on putting a, a process and application together at the port for something like this. Absolutely. And, you know, how does Zeem fit into all of this? Why is now the right time for a company like Zeem to get started? That's a really good question. You know, trucking operations have been operate, you know, run the same way for a very long period of time, and they've always been diesel minded. So the moment you come in and try to apply new regulation to a trucking business like this, which is already a thin margin business, you, you cause major disruption. You have small businesses fail. So what happened is our big motivation. We understood that a lot of the large fleets, they're going to have to start to go electric. Um, they're willing to pay the prices in order to do so. The sort of target audience that we're going for is the remainder uh, of, of the fleets out there. Don't get me wrong. We'll deal with all the larger fleets as well, but they're out there trying to create their own solution. We're focused on the small to medium-sized fleet that just doesn't have the capital to do so. And what we do is we move a heavy capital uh, expenditure to an operating expenditure. And I think that's the biggest thing we do. If, if a trucking industry or trucker, a trucking operator rather, was looking to go electric, what they would have to do is time a number of things. First of all, their vehicles coming off of lease and being able to buy new ones. Make sure you have charging infrastructure in the ground when you get your new equipment. Um, and believe me, that challenge in itself is incredibly difficult. Um, it does take time to get charging infrastructure, or I should say proper charging in infrastructure to operate a fleet of these types of vehicles. So the cost is prohibitive, uh, prohibitive um, just the vehicles itself. The cost of doing the infrastructure and the timing of everything is, is prohibitive. So what we're doing is we're coming in in those areas that we know there's going to be high density of electric truck uh, operations like the ports and airports and distribution centers. And what we're doing is acquiring land. We are putting in the proper uh, uh, interconnection that's needed from the grid. These are very large connections, anywhere between five to upwards of 25 megawatts. Um, those are our are, are substantial uh, power needs. And what we're doing is making sure we're designing and laying out charging infrastructure and parking to accommodate um, large fleets, multiple fleets in one location. So the idea for us is to come into areas like Long Beach as an example, uh, find a plot of land, come in and set up operations for anywhere between 250 to 300 trucks to park there overnight. And then for those who wanna domicile their vehicles at their own locations, provide high power charging throughout the day for those operators that need uh, the juice, as we call it. And, you know, I was hoping this question would lead to kind of a conversation about CARB and just uh, the regulations, because you're based in California, the regulations that are in California and just rolling across the U.S. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think I speak to fleet operators all across the United States. So here in California, of course, they're outraged with how much regulation 
um, legislation and, and how they just constantly are under pressure uh, to go to a lower emission solution. Um, sort of putting that demand across all 50 states, I think, is difficult, um, although it's very much needed. You know, I'm very I come first from the, the operation and feasibility of electric vehicles. So it needs to pencil out or else operators are not going to convert. So what happens is the economics in certain areas just don't allow for electric vehicles or lower emission solution just yet. So I think it makes it very difficult for operators across the United States to be subject to rules that are heavy here in California to, let's say, somewhere like uh, Florida or uh, North Carolina or some other areas. So I think what happens is how do you try to take that mandate that's coming up the pike and it's it's inevitably coming? And, and how do you make sure that you create a solution that makes sense for all operators? We really came from the uh, understanding of small to medium sized fleet. If a small to medium sized fleet cannot convert, you know, we can't have Amazon, Walmart and, uh, you know, uh, Costco uh, vehicles on the road forever. You need to have small to medium sized operators doing the same type of operation if everybody's getting pushed into electric. So we're very much focused on how do we come into each market because we're not just California focused, but we started here to understand the mandates, understand how to make electrification actually work out for uh, both the operators and the owners. Um, and of course, for a business like Zine, and then have a sustainable business that could be scaled across the United States. That's the approach we have. So it's combining vehicle and that the procurement process of buying vehicles, making sure you're buying the right stuff, getting the right prices. It's also acquiring the infrastructure, the chargers, making sure that that's installed properly, um, managed and, and, and maintained properly, and then making sure you're geographically located where it makes sense. You need to be able to get to an electric truck and get to your uh, terminal within a few miles. So then that way you have the range to complete your duty um, or you need to be close to the airport so you can pick up people and move them around or you need to be close to the port to pick up containers, move them to a container yard with a full come back with an empty. So that route is where I think battery electric vehicles exist in those three silos I just laid out. Well, thank you for starting to talk a little bit about Azeem's overall approach, because that is something I want to ask you a little bit more in depth about. Just how is your model different from other uh, companies or the rest of the trucking industry at large? Um, to start off on the trucking industry, you know, nobody's had to think about electrical charging infrastructure at the site. To date, it's been either CNG or diesel at the site. You know, how do I bring my fueling? How do I eliminate uh, downtime where my drivers are sitting and, you know, spending the first 30 or 45 minutes fueling up or queuing up to fuel. I think number one, you know, it changes the operations of what a normal trucking uh, business is. Um, right now, you know, you're subject to the real estate, how much vehicle, how many vehicles you could park there, how to accommodate your uh, employee parking. And all of those are factors that have been in the traditional trucking business for a long time. What Zine did is we wanted to come in and understand, well, there's this inherent need to have this large amount of infrastructure to charge these vehicles. Um, should we have logistics at the site? Too expensive for Zine. So we understood we needed to be close to the logistics areas and be able to accommodate those fleets to be close. That's a good example for uh, uh, one example that I would give that a traditional trucking operation looking at an EV fleet operation should start thinking about that transition. How do I make my, my business more efficient if I'm moving my vehicle parking off site? So there's a huge displacement on real estate costs in our model that operators don't yet realize. And it's because it's a new way to do business. 
Um, so that's sort of addressing the traditional way. When you look at competitors um, who say they compete with what we do, number one, it's important to show up on a lot and see, do they have a charger? Do they have a truck? Because there's a lot of companies out there that propose that they can really design your infrastructure and, and do a great job and do it at an economical price that you know gives you this amazing baseline that when you look at the figures, it's overwhelming. Of course, I'm going to do battery electric vehicles if I can save X amount per truck. But when you ask them in practice, how many of these have you done? If they haven't done one, I would be I'd be suspect. Um, for us, you know, we've done this a lot. We understand uh, and have done it in multiple states. So we have our education. We've cut our teeth on this stuff. So understand the complexities of what it takes to actually nail down real estate in a long-term basis, get the interconnection points, get the design and optimization of the site uh, right. That's the art of our business. And that business model helps current operations transition. You know, you displace again that real estate cost. You don't need to, you know, pay millions of dollars to acquire a property or pay, you know, forty to fifty thousand dollars an acre plus in order to park trucks, where today that's just not economical anymore. So by displacing that and moving it to a Zine site, parking it overnight where it's supervised 24 hours a day, we provide the charging that's necessary for it to have a full battery charge the next day for operation. We make sure the, the service and maintenance is done overnight after you drop the vehicle off and it's at its downtime. So we're thinking about every efficiency we can bring to a trucking operation by having a sort of offsite uh, opportunity for these trucking operations when you're going battery electric. So I think for those running the 200 miles or less, the depot operations are incredibly efficient and in my mind are going to save significant money for those operators. And that transition is now starting to happen. And the fleets need to recognize that this is here today with a company like Zeme. Zeme certainly offers a lot of unique value to the trucking industry and trucking companies in general, and mostly uh, through one of the most amazing things you have, just the total cost of leasing a vehicle versus um, maybe buying a used truck. So I want to talk a little bit about that and what Zine can do to help there and just what the most common way that small fleets can do to, or what they can do to increase their capacity. You know, so if we stick to dray, drayage as an example, the drayage industry typically buys used equipment. They operate, run it into the ground to do trucking container uh, shuttling. So the trick and, and the unique thing that Zeme needs to deal with in this particular uh, application, how do you take brand new trucks into an industry that's typically used trucks, lower cost of operation, and make that work? So for us, we know that we need to take a huge residual risk up front. So for us, you know, again, you're talking about a drayage operation, which is a thin margin, high volume. So they're moving containers all day long. Uh, they're not making a huge margin on those. They're getting squeezed right now with fuel costs um, and surcharges uh, from diesel, uh, rising price of diesel. What has to happen here is we need to take an all electric application, right? The environmental piece is great, but it's really secondary to the trucker operator that, first of all, needs to pencil out. It needs to be at, at max the same cost as their diesel. So how could we try to match that total cost of operation? That's a big challenge. And that's where, again, we're taking huge residual risk at Zeme to be able to provide a price point for those operators that is comparable to that diesel. The capacity answer, in my opinion, goes back to similar to the prior question. How does a drayage operator that's limited, you know, trucks are real big, especially with the 
containers on the back with the chassis on the back. If you were to think about parking 10 or 20 or 50 of these, that takes up quite a bit of real estate. And if you're sitting anywhere in California, that real estate is incredibly expensive. So to be able to park that unit at a Zeme location, be able to leverage our supervised overnight parking, it's behind the fence, it's safe, um, and you're at a total cost of operation similar to your diesel, that allows that small you know, drayage operator with five or 10 or 20 units to really expand at that location. And again, continue to sell contracts to who they do business with. If you're a, as an example, a contractor for Home Depot, um, and you are a successful uh, 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 Dre operator for them in Los Angeles, then you could offer the same service for them in Oakland and in uh, uh, Savannah, Georgia, and in New York City and so on. So uh, that whole idea of, hey, I, I might be sitting here doing Dre in Los Angeles, and that's what I've been doing for the last 30 years, and I'm really good at it. But if I wanted to expand my operations to San Diego, can I do that through Zim Depot? The answer is yes. You know, we have management at each site. So uh, these are typical fleet managers. So whenever somebody's coming into our depot with 200 trucks on site, they're managing a plumber to a cargo mover, to a people mover, to a drayage operator, all in the same exact site. So our fleet customers that domicile with us can leverage our management for their own operations, which again, allows for scalability, allows for more capacity. And Paul, we end every episode with the same question. What advice would you offer to small fleets or individual truck owners? Um, I think what they already probably know in this industry, um, don't jump into new technology too early, right? There's a try before you buy. And the try before you buy is through a truck as a service platform like Zeme. We allow the customer to come in again with a low CapEx cost. So much lower uh, upfront cost spread that out over an operation cost over time, test that vehicle, make sure that it works for your operations. And when it does, the savings is tremendous. So the one thing I know is that try before you buy, when you see what actually fits and works in your application, put it into practice into your business. And the one thing I will tell everybody on these calls that listen around battery electric and other technology that's coming, this will get to a price point that makes a lot more sense. Today, it's very high. But companies like Zeme are breaking those barriers. And I think today we're at a total cost of operation for fleets that is at or below the diesel using subsidies. So uh, really appreciate this platform, Gabrielle, to, to speak to your customer, to your audience and uh, let them know what Zeme is doing. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And thank you so much for that advice. And that just rounds up the conversation for today. So a big thank you to you, Paul, for joining us to talk about what makes Zine different from the rest of the trucking industry at large and why it's the right time for a company like Zine to get started. So thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.